Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. be a place where the presence of God perpetually habitates. Amazing, amazing promises. But from there, after Solomon, things went south and they went down pretty quickly. And so the kingdom split. I don't know if you know this about biblical history. We've got this coming up here. The next slide. So it split between Judah and Israel. So there was a northern kingdom which had 10 of the tribes and there was a southern kingdom which had two of the tribes, Judah and Benjamin. And so there was division amongst the different rulers and the northern kingdom thought it would be a good idea instead of worshipping God at the temple where his presence was, It would be more efficient to have two golden calves, one in the north and south of Israel, where people could worship. And if you know anything about biblical history and uh, the Exodus, the idea of worshipping with golden calves was a pretty bad idea. Does anyone know that story? So it's like uh, the logic is just it's not working for me. So their grand idea is that we can worship God with these two idols and God wasn't pleased. Now the issue is that kingdom, the northern kingdom, none of their rulers could ever follow God. None of their rulers could follow God and there's a key to that is that you can't follow God without worshipping God. If you create a type or a version of worship that suits you or is your own construct or your own idea, which people do all the time. We have a gravitational pull towards doing that. You'll end up in any kind of mess. And so this is the background. You've got Judah with temple worship in Jerusalem. And some of those kings did okay. You've got Israel that abandoned proper worship of God. And they were a mess. There's some horrible things done by some horrible kings. One of them is King Ahab. You can read about him in the Bible. Now, what was happening as well is that Israel and Judah were sandwiched between these two, uh, between these regional superpowers. And one of them was the Assyrians. And the Assyrians... Oh. How do we turn that off? That's all right. One of those was the Assyrians. Now, the Assyrians were a militant state and they had three different types of warfare. The first type was this, a pitched battle. And a pitched battle occurred between two armies in open warfare. It was very costly. They would lose a lot of soldiers and they would avoid that wherever they could. The second was this, siege warfare where they would play the long game. Again, it took a lot of resources. They would surround a city for months, sometimes even years, 
and they would cut off water supply, they would cut off food, and they would bring that city to the knees. Again, very costly, again, very time-consuming. The third one, the one that they often preferred, was psychological warfare. And this involved instilling awesome fear in their opponents. And it was a calculated uh, tactic so that people would abandon hope and would capitulate without them having to fight a battle. What they would do, first of all, is they would gather and surround the city and then they would shout over the wall and try to make those people disagree or be despondent. And they would try and say, hey, you're not going to make it. We're going to crush you. We're going to defeat you. Why don't you give up now? Why don't you avoid the pain that's coming? Why don't you surrender now? They would shout over the wall. But if this was unsuccessful, then here's what they would do. And this is horrible. This is very, very tragic. They would target a weaker nearby city and destroy it instead. And they would use its inhabitants as an example. Listen to this. This often involved torture, rape, bodily mutation, eye gouging, skinning alive. Towns would be burned, orchards cut down, fields would be salted so that they could no longer be used and so on. Skins, heads, body parts and mutilated bodies, living or dead, would be gathered and displayed to further convince stubborn inhabitants that submission was the most sensible option. And it was an effective way of instilling fear and establishing respect. I told you it would be a sad story to start. So they would say, hey, don't mess with us or this is what you're going to look like. This is what's going to happen to you. So you might say to me, Andrew, what has this got to do with Christmas? And why are you making us so depressed? It's December. But about 700 years before Jesus was born, the Assyrians destroyed northern Israel. They totally wiped them out. There were 10 tribes that were in northern Israel and they took them away and carried them into exile and they were never heard from again. Right now, in terms of the nation of Israel, you can only find people with a descendant line to Judah and Benjamin. The other tribes do not exist. Right? This is tragic. So when the Apostle Paul says he's from the tribe of Benjamin and Jesus is from Judah, okay, obviously a lot of significance, but those were the only two choices as well. There weren't other choices. And so this is incredibly devastating and tragic on a number of levels, on a personal level because of the destruction, but also thinking about God's promises, how will God fulfill what he said he will fulfill? How will God be true? He said this would be an everlasting kingdom that would be united forever, and we're seeing the opposite. We're seeing it invaded, we're seeing the the tribes lost forever, and this is not adding up. The southern kingdom, 
effectively became dominated by the other regional superpowers that were at play. So they, they lost a lot of their autonomy. So this was a tragic time. And what I want to say is this is the backdrop for the Christmas message. The backdrop for the Christmas message is not happy families eating turkey. That's not where we start. Or prawns, if you like prawns, I like prawns. Or salads or whatever you do. Trifle, Christmas cake, Christmas pudding. I don't want to get you too hungry. I want to stay with me. The backdrop for the, Christ, uh, for the Christmas message is when times were dark and desperate and distressing and depressing. This is the starting point. And so you've got this tragedy where family, tribes, nation being destroyed. And then along comes a prophet by the name of Isaiah. And here is his message. And this is why it makes sense in the darkness of the time, in the sad story of the time. He says this, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Do you see how this makes sense? This is deep darkness. This is like family members, people that you know. Tribes that are lost. There were sieges. There were wars. There were people that were tortured and raped, skinned, all that kind of stuff. There was this great, great sense of tragedy over the whole nation. And Isaiah comes with this message of hope and of life. And today, if you are in a season where you've got some unanswered questions, where things haven't gone the way that you thought it was. Maybe you've got in your life some areas that you're dealing with that are a little dark. Maybe there's a little bit of depression. Then this message is perfect for you. That the message of Jesus is one of light in the darkness. It's one of hope where there is no hope. It's one where Jesus came to bring something that was not. And this is the message. Isaiah chapter 9, 6-7. Here's this proclamation. It says, For unto us a child is born, and, for un- and to unto us a son is given. Notice it doesn't say, Unto us a child is earned, or a gift is worked towards paying off. It says there is a free gift that is light in the darkness. And here's what I want to say this morning at the start of our Christmas series is that God's answer to everything that has terrorized us is a child. God's answer to every depression that you may face is a child. God's answer to every tragedy from your past is a child. God's answer to every difficult situation, God's answer to every doubt that you have about your past or your future, every fear that you have is a child. And his name is Jesus. And so today we're starting 
our series called The Christmas List. And our Christmases are full of lists. Who is a list maker here? Who likes a good list? See them, some very enthusiastic hands up here. Some very committed people. Who knows that most of our lists around Christmas are lists of stuff. We've got a bunch of stuff, all right? And that's not bad. We've got shopping lists. We've got packing lists. We've got gift idea lists in different forms. Okay, we've got you asking, we asked our kids for them to, to write um, lists and they were surprisingly restrained. There wasn't too many out, out there ideas in their lists. So you've got all kinds of different lists. But the Christmas list that we're talking about is this list, the list of things that God promised through Jesus. And here's the list. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. This is the list. He goes on to say, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. This is a time where there was turmoil in government. This is a, a time of war. And he said, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. That was 700 years before Jesus. Isn't that amazing? We read that now. We, we know a little bit about Jesus. We know a little bit about what he accomplished then, what he accomplishes now through us. And that's pretty normal. But you do that in a time of darkness where there was no hope. That's amazing. 700 years is a long time to wait. Maybe some of you today, you know the promises of God, but you're in the waiting and you say, I have a sense, I know that it's real, but I'm waiting, I'm in the middle. Maybe you're in that time of darkness, you know that there is light that's coming. I want to encourage you, keep waiting, keep hoping, keep carrying that hope that is Jesus. And this message is for you. If you're in a season right now of darkness or depression or doubt or distress, I want to say that it's okay to start there. But don't stay there. Don't stay there. Jesus has come. He's working within us. He's changing us. His promises are available to us. And so don't stay there. You can start there. It's cool. Be, come as you are. But I encourage you, there is power. There is the presence of God that is going to help us to move forward from darkness and to light and from despair to hope. Can I get an amen? Amen. So this is the list. Wonderful counsellor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And here's what I want to say. This Christmas season, don't just prepare your stuff, but prepare yourself. Do you have in what you're preparing? Sometimes we, we're preparing all kinds of stuff. We're preparing family gatherings. We're preparing holidays. We're preparing lists. But here's a question that I want to ask. What do you want Jesus to do in you 
this Christmas? And have you asked him how he wants you to show up to your family? Because what I want to say is this, that what he calls us to present, so sorry, what he presents to us, he wants us to represent to others. What he presents, he invites us to represent. What he says, who I am, what I learn, I must live. What I see in Jesus, he's called others to see in us. And I want to encourage you that when you're coming into Christmas, this church is called City Lights. The reason is that God has called us to be lights to our world. It's also appropriate to say it's City Light, the light of Jesus, but Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And so what I want to challenge you, encourage you, hopefully inspire you, is that when you go into your Christmas dinner, maybe there's a bit of darkness, maybe there's a bit of conflict, maybe there's some stuff that's unresolved from your past, maybe there's some family issues, maybe things are a little flat, maybe you're an outsider. What I encourage you, when you come in, how are you going to turn up? How are you going to turn up? Are you going to turn up? Are you going to prepare yourself and come in with a posture that says, this Christmas, help me to represent you, Jesus. Help me to carry the things on this list. And we're going to talk about them over the next couple of weeks. Help me to carry peace. When you walk into a room, God's intention is that you carry peace with you. Wonderful counsellor, when you walk into a place or a situation, it's that you carry the wisdom of Jesus. That you are wise counsel, that you know how to live wisdom, that you know how to talk wisdom. That's God's plan. Everlasting Father, we'll talk about that in a minute. And mighty God, do you carry the power of God with you? Because I tell you what, sometimes we come into situations and we feel powerless. But one saying that I love is that God has called us to be thermostats, not thermometers. Has anyone ever heard this? A thermostat sets the temperature, a thermometer tells the temperature. And so God has called us not to just adjust ourselves to whatever is going on, But actually, God has called us to be the one that says, if I walk into darkness, I'm bringing light. If I walk into conflict, I'm bringing peace. If I walk into confusion, I'm bringing wisdom. I'm bringing wise counsel. And do you see how that's important? Sometimes we can come to Christmas and we're at the end of a a year and we we need to relax But relaxing is different than turning off spiritually or just allowing us to go with the flow. The idea of that, some of you, it's like that stresses you out. Like, why do you keep asking me to do other things, Andrew? I just want a break. I'm not talking about asking you to do other things. I'm talking about allowing the love of Jesus Christ and the presence of Jesus Christ to overflow. 
This is what the Christian life is about. It's not a list of things to do. It's not a list of stuff. It's allowing the presence of God to rise within us. We are the carriers of the presence of God. So I hope you're encouraged. This Christmas season, don't just prepare your stuff. Prepare yourself to represent Jesus. Today I want to talk about this phrase on this list, Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. And if you think about it, it's a little confusing, right? So we have this nation that is terrorizing the people of Israel and Judah, the Syrians, Assyrians. And God says the answer to that is a child. Okay, that's a little bit, that's a mind blowing my mind. Okay. The answer to that is a child. What's the implication? is even the smallest, weakest things of God are more powerful than the might of the enemy. That's one implication. But here it gets a little bit more confusing. We are going to fight the power of the brutal terrorizers with a child who will be an everlasting father. Okay, is anyone else confused? A little bit. It's a contradiction. And so here we have this picture of an infant who is the infinite. An infant comes as a child who is the everlasting father, the father forever. And I love this idea that he's head of the family, never leaving, never disappointing. I bet that we've had some disappointments in this room with family. We've had some disappointments with fathers. But what we're invited to, reminded of this Christmas, particularly gathering around fathers, is that Jesus and God, they never leave us. They never disappoint us. And maybe you've been disappointed and abandoned and left and rejected. And at the end of this message, I'm going to give you a time to respond to that because God wants to deal with that and God wants to restore that so beautifully and so permanently in you. But this is how we feel. This is how the people of Israel and Judah felt. They felt disappointed. We feel let down by family and then when we come together, the last thing that we feel like doing is joining together. And carrying peace, but this is what God has called us to do. We're invited into that, the everlasting Father. What does it remind us of? It reminds us that the mission of God is new family. You know, what is the, one of the most common things that people say about this church is that it feels like family. There is a genuine sense of love. That's intentional. Do you know why? It's not our idea. It's God's idea that we would be invited into family. He came as father and son. 
And so this begins to make sense as we understand who Jesus was, why he came. I remember that for Beck and I, when we were uh, engaged and married, uh, we were, I was the only one in my family in Sydney. And so most of you know <coughs> my parents. And uh, we were in Sydney and we were invited into someone else's family. Every Monday night, they had something called family night. So we would just turn up and they would cook for us, which was amazing. And we'd have some other people there. And so we really felt what it was like to be part of family that we had no blood relationship to. And this is God's plan for us. This makes sense through the light and lens of Jesus. Colossians 1.17 says about Jesus, He existed before anything else and holds all creation together. John 10.30 says, I and the Father are one. I want you to know, no matter what circumstances, family situation that you're walking into this Christmas, could be amazing, could be a disaster, could be non-existent. Whatever it is, you are part of God's family. You are invited into God's family. I'm going to invite uh, Naomi up to on the keys. Today, I want to remind us this last part of this passage. It says, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. You know, all these things, these things on the list, these things that God has asked us to represent, it's the power of God that's working within us that will make this happen. You might be looking out, you may have some voices shouting over the wall at you, give up, don't even bother, don't even try. It's too late. You're too old. You're too young. You've blown it. That's not the voice of God. That's not the voice of your Father. And today I want to pray specifically for a group of people. And you might say this, instead of accepting the security that God is my eternal Father or my Father forever, you are saying that, God, you're my Father for some time. Like I have some good days where you're my Father and some bad days when you're not. And imagine that we went out onto a lake and we got two small rowboats tethered to anything and I put one foot in one rowboat and one foot in the other. What would happen over time? Okay, I would find the limits of my dexterity. Can I do this without ripping these pants? We'll see. That's probably about right. Maybe there's some people here that are a little bit more flexible. I would get to a point and then I would fall in the drink. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly and said, there's some people here, you've got a foot in either camp. You are like totally undecided whether God 
loves you, accepts you. You are, you have your good days and your bad days. But the idea of the statement that God is my eternal father, you couldn't say that confidently. And there are some people here, you've got some bad relationships with your family. And you've had some stuff done to you and you've got some non-existent relationships. There's voids. And for others of you, you're a little bit undecided about the family of God expressed predominantly through the local church. You've got one foot in each other, in each boat, and you're getting stretched. Maybe your pants are tearing. Maybe you've pulled a a little bit of a muscle down there. It's God's intention that you have a deep security around the idea of family and belonging. Does anyone want to disagree with me about that? That that's not, are we saying that's not God's intention? It's God's intention. So we're going to pray, we're going to bow our heads. Hey, come over. Jump in the boat. How do you do it? By faith. You can't work your way into this. It's a gift. You've got to just take a leap. A leap of faith. Even if you're 99% sure, or 90 or 80, there's always going to be a part where you say, Today I'm drawing a line in the sand that I belong to Jesus. I belong to the family of God. God is my eternal Father forever. It is not God's intention that you keep going from one boat to another, but it is God's plan that you have a deep security in your heart, in your emotions, in your life about the things of God. Right now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond in your seat. And this is a step of faith. Just by putting up your hand, everyone's eyes are bowed. So eyes closed and heads are bowed and say, Hey, I want to be included in this. I'm making a decision today to leave my past behind, to embrace what it means to be in God's family, to go past the dysfunction the depression of circumstances and life and to say, God, I'm in for everything that you want from me. If that's you, I want you to be bold right now in this moment and put up your hand and I'm going to pray and I'm going to join my faith with your faith. So this is a moment of response. You know, we can't always respond. We can only respond when the Holy Spirit is present. He's the one who does the work and the Holy Spirit is present in this moment for this thing. So if that's you right now, I want to encourage you, put up your hand and say, I'm in for the family of God. Yeah, I see that all over. I'm in. I'm in right now. Right now. God, we pray in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the faith. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for the presence of God. We thank you for the power of God. Lord, sweep across these hearts right now. Restore, renew, 
do in an instant what couldn't be done in years, God. Lord, I pray a deep sense of security and belonging and life. Lord, I pray healing on emotions, healing on memories. There would be a substantial change right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Those around, why don't you just begin to pray? Just pray for these people that God would release the presence of God with family. God, you are so awesome. You are so wonderful. Come on, we're going to keep praying. God's not done yet in this moment. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. No longer stretched or stretched or undecided or divided, but secure in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. You're going to walk out of this place different with a different spirit because you have the spirit of sonship the spirit of sonship, that you are sons and daughters of the living God. Lord, I pray for an abiding peace, an abiding connection. Lord, I pray for healing, for burnout, for healing, for trauma. Right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, you are calling everyone home. You are calling everyone home. The arms of the Father are open. There is an end to the lies that you are rejected, that you are forgotten, that you are without plan or purpose. And instead, it's the security of God the Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we give God a hand for what He's done? Why don't we celebrate? Oh, I'm so delighted. My heart is so full. You know that, do you ever get that sense when you, when you partner with Jesus that your heart becomes full? Jesus put it this way. I don't need to eat or drink because I've just had sustenance and I want to encourage us I am just today I'm just so burning with passion and life for what God is doing in us that God we don't have to do this out of our own energy or our own effort we just have to connect our hearts to Jesus and so in the midst of this time the busyness of this time I want to encourage you that God's life is so present It's so amazing. Tap into it. Don't sit on the sidelines. What God is wanting to do in you is like nothing ever before. 2022 is going to be one of the greatest years of your life as we choose to partner with Jesus. So great. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your Sunday morning with us. We've got snacks and treats And the team is going to serve that. If you'd like prayer for anything, that is over here um, on my left, your right. And we look forward to seeing you. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.